We may usually think that the law eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth is actually a law in intended to promote vengeance, but actually it's quite the reverse. This law was given to prevent unmeasured vengeance and to check rage, to hinder the flames of anger from spreading. When one seeks revenge uh, rather than just retribution, one inevitably goes beyond seeking simply to return just so much harm as the offender had inflicted. And you see this in westerns and other movies, you know, all it takes is, and unfortunately in real life as well, you know, someone says some insulting word and immediately they're challenged to a duel. I mean, someone wants to take someone's life for offering an insulting word. There's, there's a complete disproportion between the two. That's what happens when we just seek revenge. Whereas an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth teaches just proportion. Don't go killing someone just because they offer you an insulting word. Now, our Lord calls us beyond returning an insulting word with another insulting word, of course. Uh, as we're learning in the Sermon on the Mount, our Lord is, going, is asking us to go beyond uh, this mere, uh, mere justice, if you like. The teaching you know, could be rephrased as follows. If it was said of old, you shall not take unequal retaliation, I say to you, you shall not retaliate at all. And this is the fulfillment of the law. It also protects us from rendering evil for evil, whereby we too would become evil. If they abstain from doing this, from rendering evil for evil, then the good uh, remain good. We can see this in the example of our Lord himself, how, remember when he was uh, on trial before the high priest, our Lord himself was slapped on his face by one of the officials. Our Lord didn't resist, he didn't slap the official back. He simply asked what the reason for this was. If there is something wrong in what I said, well, tell me. So, he, in a sense, he challenged the one who administered that uh, slap to, to him, to really to conversion, to think about what he had done. And, of course, we know our Lord went even further in his non-resistance when he accepted the cross uh, and, and died for us, undergoing a completely uh, unjust um, punishment. On the cross, he taught us about love for enemies when he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And the saints and martyrs down the ages have, have imitated this in our Lord. Indeed, the very first martyr, Saint Stephen, as he was being stoned to death with Paul, Saul, as he was then, uh, witnessing it, he said, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Um, we could even see it in, for example, Saint uh, Margaret Goretti, who, one, when he, he, she was being assailed by Alessandro, simply said, don't do this, it's a sin, you'll go to hell. She was concerned more about his salvation than her own uh, safety. St. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, speaks about vengeance. He said, Revenge not yourselves, for it is written, Revenge is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. In other words, leave it to the Lord to mete out any vengeance that might be, uh, might be necessary for justice. And St. Paul continues, But if the enemy be hungry, 
give him to eat. If he thirst, give him to drink. For doing this, thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head. Be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil by good. See, by heaping coals on the head of one who meets out evil, we, as it were, by, by returning good, uh, good deeds, we, as it were, make their conscience burn with an accusation, maybe I have done wrong, maybe I, I should con- reconsider uh, what, what I am doing. We can see, think of other, you know, in heroic action, for example, on mo- turning to movies again, you know, think of a heroic a struggle on, on a cliff edge, you know, the, the villain is casting, trying to cast a hero over the edge and he's got him, holding him by his hand um, and there's this struggle going on. Somehow the hero manages to make it up to the top of the cliff and of course the roles are reversed. Now the hero has the possibility of putting the villain down over the cliff edge. Well, of course, we see in many movies how the hero doesn't do so. Even if, the, if he's got the villain you know, hanging by his hands, he goes through this moment, shall I throw him over or shall I not? And often there's this mercy comes in and he pulls the the villain up and saves his life. Of course, what might happen then is that the villain could be converted and be grateful and be a good friend to that man. Or, of course, he could get up and try and throw him over again. But at least the the hero does not return evil uh, for evil. Of course, the villain himself, as in some movies you see, well, he does let himself go and uh, ends his own life. You could say that's really what Judas did when he let himself go. He, re- he did not uh, hold on to that lifeline that the Lord was offering re- him, really, of repentance all the time. We can think of, say, Maximilian Kolbe, who, who, as you know, died in the concentration camp at Auschwitz. He faced his enemies, he gave his life for a stranger. Whenever one man escaped from the concentration camp, ten were rounded up, put into a solitary cell to starve to death. And so Maximilian was amongst those ten in the cell, and he would lead the, uh, the others there in prayer and songs. And when the guards would come to see who was alive and who was not, Maximilian would simply stand and gaze at them. And uh, anyway, Maximilian was the last to survive. All the other nine had died, and the guards needed the cell to be emptied, so they administered a lethal injection of carbolic acid uh, to St. Maximilian, who is said to have simply raised his left arm and calmly waited for the deadly injection, looking calmly at his murderers. I listened to a podcast this morning about uh, some Chinese some missionaries to China around the 1900s. Franciscan missionary sisters, they spent months traveling by ship to, to China and then they spent weeks on mainland China reaching their mission in the north, encountering their, a huge number of orphans and they set to work looking after them, taking care of them and setting up their mission. Meanwhile, news was reaching them that other Catholic missionaries were being persecuted, churches were being burnt, priests were being killed, and the bishop there advised the, the sisters to leave. You must leave for your safety. And they said, no, we're not leaving. We can't leave these people, and we come here to do a mission. And as, as the uh, persecutors arrived, uh, the, the, the sisters did something similar to St. Maximilian. They simply stood there waiting for their executioners, and even lifted their veils so that the veils would not get in the way of the sword 
that would that would uh, remove their heads, making it easy. They just this non-resistance, this accepting uh, the the evil that was being meted out to them. And I'm sure they were praying for their persecutors at the time. Saint Paul Miki, whom we celebrated a few weeks ago, and his 24 companions were martyred in the year 1597 in Nagasaki, Japan. And Saint Paul, a Japanese Jesuit priest, so he was a convert, uh, took, made the most of this as what he called this exalted pulpit that he was in, which was the cross. He had been uh, fixed to the cross like his other companions. And he said this, As I came to come to this supreme moment of my life, I am sure none of you would suppose I want to deceive you. And so I tell you plainly, there is no way to be saved except the Christian way. My religion teaches me to pardon my enemies and all who have offended me. I do gladly pardon the emperor and all who have sought my death. I beg them to seek baptism and to be Christians themselves. And so many other heroic examples of loving one's enemy and forgiving them. St. John Chrysostom sets out stages, as it were, in the spiritual life that we could go from, you know, from the basic, if you like, living of the law to heroic living of the law, which is what our Lord calls us to in the Sermon of the Mount. Sermon of the Mount. And he puts this in sort of nine stages uh, as a path to the pinnacle of virtue. The most basic stage, number one, would be, well, simply not to do wrong to anyone, not to initiate any evil, not to be the cause of any evil to another person. Then the second stage would be, well, if someone does evil against us, not to avenge that wrong, limiting ourselves to equal retaliation, the eye for eye, tooth for tooth. You know. Then the third stage up would be, well, to return no evil at all for the evil suffered. In other words, no retaliation uh, whatsoever. The fourth stage would be to offer oneself to the endurance of that evil, which is what our Lord teaches in the Gospel today about turning the other cheek. What, like those martyrs, did they freely offer themselves to the evil that was being uh, done against them? The fifth stage would be maybe to ready would be to be ready to suffer even more than our oppressor desires. And he, Saint John, uh, compares that to what our Lord says about if someone asks you to go one mile, go two miles. Uh, next stage up, the sixth would be not to hate the one who makes us suffer, not to hate our enemy, which is negative. The seventh stage, more positively, would be to actually to love uh, our enemy. The eighth stage would be to do him good to, good, to do good to those who hate you, clothing your enemy, giving, uh, slaking the enemy's thirst. The ninth and the highest level would be to pray for your enemy, to pray for those who persecute you, just like St. Paul Mickey did uh, from the cross. And St. John tells, concludes by saying, by quoting that promise that our Lord gives us in the Gospel today. And because, he says, the command is great, so the reward is great. You will be children of your Father in heaven. Lejos de ser una ley que promueva las represalias ojo por ojo y diente por diente era una ley destinada a prevenir la venganza y la ira sin medida. Cuando uno busca venganza en lugar de justo retribución, es propenso de ir más allá de buscar simplemente reparar algún daño hecho. 
lo vemos en las películas y desafortunadamente en la vida real. Alguien insulta a otra persona inmediatamente, es desafiado a un duelo. En el Sermón del Monte, nuestro Señor desea que vayamos más allá de la letra de la ley y ser perfectos como Dios es perfecto. Si alguien que busca una represalia justa no peca, cuanto menos peca alguien que no busca represalias. Hacer mal por mal nos haría malvados. Al abstenerse de tomar represalias contra un mal o un mal con otro mal, la persona buena sigue siendo buena. Nuestro Señor dio su propio ejemplo a este respecto cuando un funcionario le abofeteó durante el ju su juicio. Jesús no resistió ni tomó represalias, sino que simplemente preguntó la razón de ser abofeteado. Sin tomar represalias, desafió eh, al delincuente a, a examinar su conducta y le dio la oportunidad de convertirse. En su carta a los romanos, San Pablo enseña, No os toméis la justicia por vosotros mismos, amadísimos, pues escrito está, A mí la venganza, yo haré justicia, dice el Señor. Por lo, lo contrario, si tu enemigo tiene hambre, dale de comer, si tiene sed, dale de beber, que haciendo así amontanáis carbones encendidos sobre su cabeza. No te dejes vencer del mal, antes vence el mal con el bien. Acumular carbones de fuego sobre la cabeza del enemigo significa hacer que su conciencia arde de culpa, con el esperado resultado de que se arrepentirá. Aunque nuestro enemigo no se arrepiente, creceremos nosotros en virtud y santidad. San Maximilian Kolbe se enfrentó a sus enemigos cuando, después de haber ofrecido tomar el lugar de un extraño, él y otros nueve prisioneros en el campo de concentración de Auschwitz fueron enviados a una celda para morir de hambre. Maximiliano los guiaría en oración y miraría tranquilamente a los guardias cada vez que vinieron a ver si estaban muertos. Maximilian era el único que aún vivía después de dos semanas, por lo que administraron una inyección fatal de ácido carbólico. Se dice que Maximilian levantó el brazo izquierdo y esperó con calma la inyección mortal, mirando con calma a sus asesinos. No se resistió, aceptó la injusticia. Muchos otros santos nos dan ejemplo de amor heroico por sus enemigos, aceptando sufrimientos injustos de sus manos. San Juan Crisóstomo establece, establece los mandamientos en el Evangelio de hoy en forma de un camino por el cual uno podría por etapas alcanzar el pináculo de la perfección. La primera etapa es no hacer mal a ninguna persona. La segunda, mejor, para vengar un mal hecho, limítese a una represalia igual, ojo por ojo, diente por diente. Tercera, más mejor aún, no devuelve el mal por un mal sufrido, es decir, sin represalias. Cuarto, ofrece uno mismo al mal que debe ser soportado, ofrezca la otra mejilla. Quinto, esté preparado para sufrir aún más de lo que nuestro opresor pretende y la milla extra. Sexto, no odies a tu enemigo que te hace sufrir. Siete, ama al enemigo que te hace sufrir. Ocho, haz el bien. 
al amigo. Y nueve, lo más perfecto, ora por el, por el enemigo. Reza por aquellos que te persiguen. Y concluye San Juan Crisóstomo diciendo, diciendo, debido a que el mandato de amar a tu enemigo es grande, la recompensa también es grande. Se, serán hijos de tu Padre en el cielo.